Welcome to the Billionaire Mastermind Forum broadcast. God. 
I thank God. I thank God that through these powers I am consciously participating in designing my life right now. And so it is. Billionaire showgirl, Diane. Now I'll turn it over to Lady Tycoon. Thank you so much, Billionaire showgirl. Thank you so much, Reverend Burnett. That is such a beautiful affirmation. We're so honored to have Attorney Savoya Garner back in the house with us today. Attorney Savoya Garner's trademark and estate planning practice focuses on helping creatives and entrepreneurs protect their business, brand, and legacy. Introduced to entrepreneurship at a young age, Savoya quickly realized the positive impact that business ownership can have on one's life, in particular minority families and communities. Attorney Garner truly believes that entrepreneurship is the key to personal freedom and it is as a means to the advancement of marginalized people. As the founder and managing attorney of Savoya Garner Law, LLC, She is committed to making sure that you are equipped with the knowledge and legal guidance necessary to cultivate a business that thrives and a legacy that will live on for generations to come. With a focus on intellectual property, including copyright and trademark, business formation and estate planning, your needs and goals are of top priority to Savoya. Educating and empowering entrepreneurs about the importance of legacy building is a responsibility that Soroya takes seriously and is why she travels to communities, organizations, and conferences to teach small business owners how to protect their business, brand, and legacy. Her upcoming book, The Legacy Blueprint, will help creatives and entrepreneurs gain insight on the key principles of business formation, brand ownership, and asset protection dedicated to giving back and providing opportunities for access to counsel, Savoya regularly shares time with the community by leading free workshops centered around entrepreneurship and generational wealth. In furtherance of her mission to serve, Attorney Garner routinely offers trademark services to underserved entrepreneurs at no legal cost to them. So we're so thankful to have Savoya back in the house with us today Well, Savoya, I know I'm ready. I truly believe our family and co-hosts are ready. So allow me to turn the call right over to you. Let's go, go, go. Let's go, go, go. Well, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much, Ms. Karen, Lady Tycoon, for having me back on the Billionaire Mastermind Forum. I'm so happy to be back with you all and to share some more information about intellectual property. And we're going to touch on a few other topics this morning as well. But I just appreciate you all. And that affirmation at the beginning was absolutely amazing. So I do appreciate that as well. So um, for those that 
were not able to join us on the previous episode when I was talking about intellectual property, I would just briefly um, share how I got to this point. I'm often asked, why intellectual property? Why start your own practice right out of law school? And so I just like to briefly share my journey um, and why it is that I serve who I serve. So I graduated from um, IU McKinney School of Law in 2020 at the height of the pandemic passed the bar and decided to take the untraditional route of hanging my own shingle. Um, typically, as a new graduate out of law school, it's known that you go and get a job at a law firm. And that was just not my desire because my heart is truly with serving uh, creatives and underserved entrepreneurs because it's oftentimes um, we don't get this access to information that's necessary in order to set up a business that is positioned to, to thrive. And so I think it's very important that um, I create opportunity and pathway for for entrepreneurs such as you all on the call today and others um, to gain access to this legal information. And so um, I was I was introduced to entrepreneurship at a fairly young age, and it's because of my mother that I am definitely where I am today. So um, she had a comfortable job um, making six figures and decided to take a leap of faith and start her own business in non-emergency medical transportation. And uh, one of her favorite sayings is always be ready for an opportunity. So when an opportunity comes, you don't have to be ready. And that definitely um, was true for her because a few years after starting her business, she got a call from the state um, asking her to run the local transportation uh, service in the city. And that opportunity was life-changing for our family and for our community. It was a seven-figure opportunity, and we were able to, um, as a family, work for her company. And she was able to hire individuals in the community that typically didn't have opportunities to um, employment that they could actually take pride in. So it was great to see the power of entrepreneurship firsthand, to see that we can really make a difference in our community and reach back and give opportunity to our brothers and sisters who typically may not have opportunity. Um, and so that was great. But in addition to her uh, transportation business, she also had a travel agency. And so I grew up being able to go on these trips. She specialized in African African-American uh, cultural tours, and so I had the privilege of being able to travel to D.C., the Million, Million Man March, and to Memphis, and to uh, New Orleans, and to visit these plantations and walk these same paths that our ancestors did, and it was on these trips where I truly learned the contributions and the sacrifices that our people have given to this country, um, and we are absolute brilliant people. We have contributed so much, so much intel, so much uh, creativity um, to this country, and it's unfortunate that um, historically we have not been able to reap the benefit. We have not been able to recognize the um, contributions or the uh, benefits that we have served to this country. And so um, I found it of great importance to me to be able to help business owners 
set themselves up so that they do have businesses that can make a difference in the community and to ensure that our creativity, our ingenuity is protected so that we can benefit from it, so that we can leverage from it and advance our families and, most importantly, advance our communities. And so that's why I do what I do. I am very passionate um, about serving our people, underserved entrepreneurs and creatives. And um, when people ask, why start your own practice, that's exactly why, because going the traditional route, that's just not typically what happens. And so um, being on this platform today, this morning, truly is an honor, and I do appreciate this opportunity. So that's just a bit about my backstory and why it is that I do what I do. So here I am today, this morning. We're still going to talk about intellectual property just as last time. We're going to reiterate some points. But what I really want to focus on um, a little broader is the order of operations, right? How do we properly set up a business from a legal standpoint to ensure that we do have a solid foundation? And so um, we, we will discover that today. And if you all have questions at the end, I definitely will welcome that and um, address any questions or clarification you may need about the information that I share with you all because it is very important. And most times uh, we don't have access to this type of information. So, um, when we talk about business foundations and business formation, right, that incorporates, um, that includes a lot of different aspects. And so from the beginning, right, one of the first steps that we take when we form a business is we have to decide what type of business are we going to be? How are we going to incorporate? Are we going to be an LLC, a partnership, a sole proprietor, a corporation, right? There's so many different options out there to select. But nowadays, especially with social media, um, most times all we hear about is LLC, go get your LLC. And true enough, LLCs are a wonderful option for most people. But as business owners, we need to be able to enter into business ownership with a understanding of all the options that are available to us so that we can make a well-informed decision uh, when it comes to forming our business and making sure that it's in alignment with our um, business model and our overall goals that we have for our business. And so um, if anyone on this call is a business owner and is operating as a sole proprietor, <laughs> don't answer if that's you. <laughs> but what I will say is that um, after this call, we want to stop operating as sole proprietors and run to your secretary of state and at least file for an LLC at the bare minimum. So there's absolutely no reason to operate as a sole proprietor. And for those that are not really familiar what sole proprietor really even is, um, it's simply operating business in your personal capacity. So you're operating business in your personal name or you're operating as a DBA, um, that really has no benefit to you. And um, honestly, you are opening yourself up to all types of liability. And so we don't want to do that. We don't want to um, start our business journey on the wrong foot. And so with that, I come across people oftentimes that, 
you know, feel like they need to become more established before they consider actually forming an official business entity. And that, unfortunately, is not the right mindset to have as we approach business ownership. Um, We're not in business just for fun and games. We are here to uh, make a change, to leave a legacy. And in order to do that, we have to set ourselves up properly. Um, And that begins by starting selecting a business structure that is truly in alignment with our goals. And so with that, um, I'm going to just reiterate that no one should operate as a sole proprietor ever. This is a capitalistic society that we live in. Business owners are um, rewarded for that, and so there's no reason um, to be missing out on those types of benefits and advantages. And um, as we saw through the pandemic with the PPP and all the SBA money that was uh, given out, right, those that were sole proprietors, uh, more than likely missed out on a lot of those opportunities because you're not even positioned uh, properly as a business owner, right? Um, sole proprietors are uh, disregarded oftentimes by the government, by the IRS, and as we saw, by um, financial opportunities. Um, and when we think about money and investors and how we're going to garner up capital for our business, sole proprietors often are left out of those types of opportunities because it is seen as a risk um, to financial um, organizations, to investors. And so we want to avoid operating as sole proprietors um, to the best of our ability. Um, so not only are you missing out on opportunities, but like I mentioned, you are also subjecting yourself to unlimited personal liability. So that means while you're building up this business as a sole proprietor, you could risk losing everything you own in the in the process because you are operating in your personal capacity. So if you were to be sued, um, if you had creditors for whatever reason and unpaid financial responsibilities, they're coming after you personally. They're coming after your personal home, your personal bank account, your car, whatever personal assets that you have are up for grabs when you operate essentially naked as a sole proprietor. And so we don't want to do that. We want to have some type of shield of protection around us when we're doing business. And so that looks like selecting an entity that offers you uh, limited liability protection. And that's where the LLC comes in. That's where the corporations come, comes in. Those are entities that provide you uh, the highest level of protection as business owners. Um, now, that's just the foundational. There are so many levels of protection that you can add on as you advance in business. We can have a whole conversation about trust, about land trust, um, about series LLCs. So that's a whole nother level. But just on the most foundational um, aspect, we want to at least have an LLC or a corporation or some type of entity that provides you a limited liability protection so you're not subjected to those types of um, vulnerable situations such as lawsuits, such as creditors, right? And so um, in addition to sole proprietorships, there are also general partnerships. 
Now, those two are pretty much the same. Only difference is that with a partnership, instead of one person in business, you have two or more people um, that are operating in business. But simply put, sole proprietorships and general partnerships are disregarded entities, um, and they do not provide you any type of liability protection. So if you can avoid that, um, then I would definitely steer away from those two types of business structures. Um, LLCs, which are very common nowadays, we hear that term and we hear that type of business many times, but oftentimes we don't even know what an LLC means. And so it stands for a limited liability company, and it's just that. It provides you limited liability protection um, that you would receive if you were a corporation, uh, but you have less formalities to adhere to, and you have uh, greater flexibility as opposed to, let's say, a corporation, um, so to speak. Um, and so with a limited liability company, um, you do. You have a great level of personal um, protection, and so that if you were hit with a lawsuit, if you did have creditors seeking unpaid uh, financial responsibilities, at that point, they wouldn't be coming after your personal assets because you have created this separate entity, this separate being um, that is independent from yourself. And so if that situation were to arise, they would now be attaching to your business assets. Um, and that's why it's also important that we adhere to LLC formalities, such as making sure that we keep up with our annual or biannual business entity uh, report filings. And so I come across people so often that aren't even aware that we need to be filing annual or biannual, depending on your state, uh, business entity reports. And if you let that lapse, you are now back at square one where you're operating in business without any protection. And so you don't want to let those uh, business filings lapse because you are now um, opening yourself up again to uh, vulnerable situations. And so we have to make sure we're adhering to those types of formalities and also um, – Another important formality as a business owner is ensuring that we are not commingling our business and personal transactions, okay? So once you uh, start up that business, right, you also want to make sure that you are going out and opening up a business bank account because we don't want to conduct business and have our personal uh, monies intermingled with our uh, business transactions, that opens up yourself to liability as well. And most times we're not aware of this formality that um, is recommended that we adhere to. So what can happen is that, say, again, you had a creditor coming after you or, or a um, lawsuit was laid on your desk, right? If that were the case, the judge would look at your um, transactions to see if you are commingling personal with business. And if that's the case, um, they could totally dissolve the liability shield that you have and now attach to your personal assets because it's seen that you are simply um, operating this business to disguise um, your personal um, transactions. And so we don't want to do that. 
we really want to make sure that we are aware of these types of formalities because if we don't adhere to them, it can uh, bring trouble for your business and could totally open you up to all types of um, unfortunate lawsuits. So that's just something that we definitely want to keep in mind. But um, in addition, the third or fourth major area of business entity is corporations. And so many people starting out think they need to have a corporation because it makes them sound bigger than they actually are. And that is not a great reason to select corporations. So with a corporation, you do have a great level of um, personal uh, liability protections. However, you do have the most formalities that you have to adhere to. And just realistically, as small business owners, we don't have time to be keeping up with um, regular board meetings or making sure that we're keeping um, meeting minutes and things of that nature. We just want to do what we're great at and go about conducting our business. And so uh, we have to be aware of that when we think that corporations are the right way to go. And so you have to be aware that there are additional and heightened responsibilities that you have as a corporation. And most times um, it's, it's just an unnecessary headache that you're bringing on to yourself as a corporation unnecessarily. And so oftentimes I really would only recommend corporations for um, those businesses that are seeking investor dollars um, and that are going to be a larger uh, company. And so in that instance, it may be best for you to be corporation. But otherwise, if you're just a single member operating your business, the LLC, a limited liability company, is going to be uh, best suited for you, okay? And so that's step one when we're talking about the order of operations is selecting that business structure, Um that was a lot for step one, but it's very important. It is so important. I wanted to touch on those four areas because oftentimes all we hear about is LLC, and we don't know about these other options. So once you've got your business structure uh, selected, right, now it's time to come up with a name. Where are you going to name your actual business, right? And as we start out our business, we want to keep in mind that we do not want to build a business on a brand that we don't own. And so for step number two, this is so crucial, and this is where the intellectual property comes in at. When you're selecting your business name, right, you want to um, make sure that before you get super excited about a business name, right, before you go and commit to it, you want to make sure that it's even available in the first place. And so when you go on to your Secretary of State website, whatever state that you're in, one of the first steps that you're going to have to complete is a name availability search, right? And um, the thing that we oftentimes don't recognize is that that name availability search on your Secretary of State site is only searching for businesses that are in your state, right? What if there's another company in a totally different state from you that has already secured the rights to that name? Now you're starting a business um, overstepping or encroaching on someone else's rights, and you don't even realize it because you've simply relied on your state database. And we want to take it beyond the state. We want to ensure that when we're starting up a business, we are thinking about what's called trademarks, okay? 
And I will go ahead and explain trademarks in a, in a second here. But um, we want to ensure that we are um, activating uh, that trademark search at the very beginning when you start out your business because what you don't want to do is, like I mentioned, start that business, file for the LLC with this amazing name that you came up with and somebody already has the rights to it. You are now, <laughs> unfortunately, setting yourself up for failure because that company that already has the federal rights to it can now force you to stop using the name. That domain name that you just bought, they could totally take that down from you or they can ask you to turn that over to their company, right, because you didn't take the time to make sure that the name was available before you even filed that business name or before you went out and bought the domain name. And so these are realities that oftentimes happen because we're not even aware of trademark or we are aware of it, but we think it's something that we could put on the back burner and get to later. But, in fact, trademark is affecting all of us as soon as we start a business. You are affected by trademark laws as soon as you start up a business, whether we realize it or not. And so um, trademarks are not an afterthought. They're not a luxury. They are 100% a necessity for your business to make sure that you're not put in a position where you have to forfeit a name, where you are forced to rebrand and start all over again and all that money, time, and energy that you put into forming a business is all for nothing. Um, and so it's very important. And so for those that um, are not aware of what trademark is, um, trademark is essentially um, what you would use for brand ownership. So that incorporation process that you went through, whether that was filing an LLC or filing your corporation, that does not give you ownership whatsoever of the business name. And uh, trademark law, that's where that comes in. It gives you ownership of your brand. It gives you ownership of your brand name, your business name, your logo, your tagline, whatever it is that you're using to promote or to market your business, okay? And that's what trademark is. And so it protects um, names, it protects designs and logos and sayings and those types of things so that no one else in the marketplace can come in and use a name that is similar or identical to what you're using as a business owner. And so it is definitely very advantageous for you to make sure that we're doing those trademark searches simultaneously when we go to file that LLC or when we go to file for that limited partnership, right? We want to ensure that we truly are um, laying a solid foundation for our business and we have the rights um, or the availability to use a particular name, okay? And so if anybody's taking notes, I would jot down USPTO.gov. And again, that's USPTO, United States Patent and Trademark Office, .gov. You would want to go there and conduct a basic trademark search just to get an idea to make sure that there are, there's no one out there on a federal level that has claimed rights to the business name that you're seeking to use, okay? And so once you quiz on the federal level, then you can go ahead and uh, finish the incorporation process with your state. 
And so next time someone asks you, and I ask people all this all the time when I go to festivals and business events, I ask, is your business protected? And they'll say, yeah, Soroya, it's protected. I've got an LLC. <laughs> well, absolutely not. Your business is not protected simply because you've got the LLC or you've got the corporation. Um, you're not protected at all. Um, from from the standpoint of uh, your brand being secured and protected. Um, so we want to ensure that we are thinking about these things. We are putting them on our list of things to do when we go to start up that business. Um, and so that's where trademark and intellectual property should come in at the very beginning of your business, not years down the line um, after you've been operating for, you know, years in business. So we want to um, ensue these these search um, opportunities in the very beginning, okay? And so that's step number two when um, I'm going through the order of operations is making sure that whatever name you're going to use for your new business Make sure that it's available on a federal level. The next third step of uh, starting up the business uh, with the legal uh, standpoint in mind is that we need to ensure that we have an EIN number, right? So you filed um, your business with your state. You've done that federal trademark search. Now you need to make sure that you have an EIN. And EIN is your employer identification number which you can think of it essentially as uh, your business's social security number, okay? And so you'll be using your EIN to open up that business bank account. If you're hiring on employees or independent contractors, you'll need that number in order to um, carry out those paperwork that needs to be executed in order to bring on those team members. Also, um, if ever at some point you want to consider business capital, right, um, seeking business loans or business credit, we want to have that um, EIN number so that we're not putting those things in our um, personal uh, capacity, right? And so that's step number three, getting that EIN. And you can simply go to irs.gov. It's free to go on there and apply for your EIN number. Um, takes no more than five to ten minutes to fill out the questions, and they will give that number to you almost immediately after you submit. So fairly simple. We all need to make sure that we're not overlooking that step of securing our EIN. So third step is pretty simple. Um, the fourth step when we're um, going through the order of operations, you know, we've got our EIN number. We now need to open up a business bank account because, as I mentioned, there should not be any commingling of funds as business owners. Whatever is personal needs to stay in your personal bank account. Whatever is business-related needs to stay in your business bank account. And so you'll want to take that EIN number that you got. You want to take your um, incorporation documents to the bank and open up a business bank account. That's going to be very important um, uh, for for the success um, when it comes to seeking um business credit, when it comes to seeking business loans, um, when you're thinking about uh, accounting as well. You want to keep those things separate. And so um, definitely would recommend that as step number 
four. So three and four are pretty simple. Um, and uh, there's not too much more to say about those. But step number five is I would then recommend that we begin to build out our toolkit, right? We need to have contracts in our business toolkit or our toolbox, right? We need to be equipped with these agreements because situations will arise. It's just inevitable as business owners. And so we need to be ready to address um, whatever situations um, may come up as business owners. And oftentimes, I would say the top contracts that we as business owners definitely should have in our toolbox would be an operating agreement. Right, we all need to have an operating agreement ready to go, um, and an operating agreement is essentially the blueprint for how your business is uh, going to be conducted. Okay, and it's definitely important if you are a single member LLC, and in some states, it's um, sometimes required that you have an operating agreement. Um, but it addresses things such as. Um, you know, what happens if you as a business owner are incapacitated or you pass away? You know, who's going to take over the business operations at that point? And that's something that we surely should be um, thinking about as, as business owners is what happens in the event that something happens to you. Also in that operating agreement, we're going to talk about capital structure. So, if you are a in a business that has multiple people, right, um, what did you contribute to the startup of that business? We need to memorialize that in agreement because it's going to affect profit distributions. It's going to affect potentially management and control. So we need to memorialize that in the beginning because after you've been operating in business for a few years, you forget you forget a lot of these details that went into actually starting up the business. So we need to have it in writing so there's no confusion about who gave what to the business. Um, people can get funny when we start talking about money. So um, we need to make sure that there's no question about who did what and when. Um, we just need to write it down in a contract so there's no confusion. Also in that operating agreement, you also want to cover things such as management and control. Who's going to be responsible for particular duties or responsibilities of the business? You know, who has, what is the um, distribution of control? Is it 50-50? Um, is it 60-40? We need to know what um, control and management interest looks like. Uh, if, again, if you have multiple business partners in uh, your business structure, voting, membership rights, okay? Does it always need to be, you know, 50-50 vote? Does it need to be a unanimous vote when we think about do we hire an employee or do we go out and purchase this new asset for the business? We all need to be on the same page when it comes to these things as business owners. Um, and also another important um, provision that I would suggest go in operating agreements is things such as transfer of interest. So if you decide that you want to leave the business, right, how is your interest going to be transferred? Do we do a buy-sell agreement with the other um, business owners? Do we have the right of first refusal in our contracts? Are you able to transfer your business interest to a family member? 
these are things that need to be discussed, especially when you have more than one business owner um, operating a an entity. And so um, operating agreements are very, very key, um, and I would definitely suggest everyone to have this agreement in your toolkit. Um, but a second um, agreement that is very important as business owners is an independent contractor agreement, okay? And most of us at some point, if we haven't already, will hire on independent contractors to do work for us. And we need to be very clear when we're hiring on people, what are their responsibilities, right? What do you expect in return for the compensation that you're giving, right? Um, if intellectual property is involved, who owns the intellectual property at the end of the day? Is it your business or is it the independent contractor? And so, again, another very key um, agreement that we should all have ready to go. Third would be a copyright assignment agreement. This is definitely a need to have in your toolkit, and we oftentimes are not aware of this. So copyright assignment agreements are important when you hire on professionals to, let's say, um, do your website design or if they've taken pictures for you, right? We want to make sure that whatever work that professional is creating for you is owned by your business at the end of the day. And so um, copyright assignment or even a work-for-hire agreement, they both um, act the same way in that they transfer the rights from the person who created a work for you to your business. Um, these are essential. And so, for example, if you've had a logo created for you, if you hired on a graphic designer at some point, to create a logo for your business, I'm sure you pay for it unless they did it pro bono for you. Um, and many times people think that just because they paid this graphic designer to create this logo or they paid the photographer to take these brand photos for them or they paid the uh, website designer to build out this website, that they own all these things at the end of the day. And um, how copyright works is that whoever creates the work owns the work. Whoever creates the work owns the work, regardless of if you've paid them great money for it, right? Um, so that graphic designer owns that logo at the end of the day, even though you pay for it. What you essentially have is an implied license to use the logo. And as business owners, we don't want a license. We want ownership of uh, the things that we're using in our business. You want ownership of that logo. You want ownership of those photographs. And in order to have ownership, we need to have contracts in place that transfers those rights from that graphic designer, from that photographer, to your actual business. And so that's why I say it's absolutely crucial that every entrepreneur have a copyright assignment or a work-for-hire agreement in their toolbox. Um, and so when you enter into these types of transactions, you are covered. Your business is covered. Your brand is covered. Um, because what can happen is you may be a startup today, but who knows where you could be five years from now. You could be a household name, and that graphic designer, if they wanted to be ugly, 
they could definitely send you a cease and desist letter telling you to stop using those photographs or to stop using that logo that they made for you because guess what? They own it because you didn't have a contract in place that said otherwise. Um, that has happened before. That is a reality, and you don't want that to be you. So um, it's it's definitely better to be proactive instead of reactive um, as business owners. And so that looks like covering all bases and making sure that we do have these contracts in place. And don't be, you know, afraid or back away from contracts or agreements. If that's the case, if you're uncomfortable, make sure you have a lawyer on your team that can review these contracts for you to make sure that everything's on the up and up and you're not being bamboozled. Um, it's very important that, you know, you don't sign any contracts unless you understand exactly what's going on. Um, and if you don't, it's okay to ask for help. Seek out guidance from a professional, um, not your friends on Facebook. <laughs> Find a professional that is um, experienced in this area to make sure that um, your contracts are solid. Let's see. The fifth, no, fourth. This is number four. So the fourth contract that I would definitely recommend for everyone to have it's a client services agreement, client services agreement, okay? And so if you are a service provider, okay, if your business offers services, you want to make sure that you have a client services agreement in place, okay? And so um, this is a contract that you're going to draft up for your client, okay, and it's going to establish the terms or the policies for how you work with your client, right? Um, and it's going to clearly state. You want to make sure that you're clearly stating who the parties to that agreement are. It's you, your business, and you want to make sure that whoever your client is, are they coming to you in an individual capacity or a business capacity? If so, if it's business, you want to list their business as a party to that client services agreement. Um, and in that agreement, you're definitely going to state things like the term, right? How long are you two going to be working, working together? What's the length of that agreement going to be? What are the grounds for termination? So if things go south between the two of you all, how do you exit that agreement, right? Um, you're also going to want to include things such as the description of services, and you want to be very clear on the description of services. What are you expected to deliver to that client? And what are the things that you require from them to do in order for you to carry out the necessary service, right? Sometimes you you need certain information or you need your client to do certain things in order for you to, you know, um, carry out what it is that you have uh, promised to do. And so that needs to be very clear in your client services agreement. Um, and another major one, I'm not going to give you guys all of the provisions. Um, you can get the ebook for for those um, additional details, but I'm going to give you one more provision that should definitely be in the client services agreement, and that is compensation, right? Compensation, that's a major one. Um, how much are you to be paid? When are you to be paid? 
Um, are they supposed to put down a deposit and the rest is paid, you know, when services are complete? Those types of things need to be spelled out when we talk about compensation. How are they supposed to pay you? Maybe your business doesn't accept Cash App or Venmo, and so you need to make that clear that you only accept certain types of payment. Um, and with compensation, this is like a subtopic, you also want to address things such as chargebacks and refunds. So if your company doesn't provide refunds, then that needs to be very clear because if your client goes to the credit card uh, company and is seeking a uh, refund, you know, they may actually issue that refund if you don't have any type of client services agreement in place that addresses these types of situations. And so um, this is very, very, very important um, to make sure that you have. So those are the four agreements. Um, that I would definitely recommend that everyone have, regardless of your industry, regardless if you are a product or service-based business. We need to have all of these agreements that I mentioned in place. So, again, that's your operating agreement. Uh, you also want to have your independent contractor agreement. Number three was your copyright assignment slash work-for-hire agreement. And number four is your client services agreement. So those are our four contracts that I would highly recommend. If you don't already have them readily available, then to work on getting those ready, okay, so that you are uh, prepared for any situations that may arise within your business, all right? Contracts are key. And actually, before I get off of contracts, I'm going to say one more thing about contracts, and this is in regards to how we sign our contracts, right? So this is another formality when I mentioned in step number one about form formalities when you select a business structure. Um, it also touches on or connects back to contracts as well. So you want to make sure that as a business owner, you are signing all of your contracts in the name of the business, right? So don't sign any type of business transaction in your personal name, okay? Because if you do, then now you're going to be personally or um, re responsible in an individual capacity instead of your business being responsible. And that's the whole purpose of starting up a formal business in the first place is so that you won't be held personally liable for uh, contract defaults or the breaches of contracts, things of that nature. You don't want them coming back to you personally. And so don't sign contracts in your personal name. Always sign them in your business capacity. Um, and, again, that is something that I show you an example of in the e-guide. If you're interested, I'll share details with how you can secure that e-guide and you can see exactly what I mean of signing a contract in your business capacity versus personal. Um, and so just keep that in mind. Um, that's oftentimes um, a mishap that I see when reviewing contracts. So there we go. Now I want to um, shed some light or spend some time to reiterate the importance of intellectual property. 
Um, I shared with you all last time, but I think it's very important that we just rehash some of it because it is a lot of information, and for most people, this is the first time we're hearing about some of this uh, information I'm sharing, and it's totally okay. But I, I do want to spend a little bit of time just going over the importance of intellectual property because it is an essential component when we talk about laying a solid foundation for our business, right? We want to make sure that we are protecting our intellectual property. And for those that aren't familiar with the meaning of intellectual property, um, IP is simply creations of the mind, okay? So anything that you guys create in your business, whether it be a tagline, whether it be a book that you've written, whether it be your presentations that you use or um, your keynote speeches, right? Those, those are all intellectual property. If you have client lists, recipes, if you have a special technique, I came across someone who had a special technique or way of doing a silk press, right? That is intellectual property. Your processes, all that, that's intellectual property. That's creations of the mind, and it is by far one of your businesses, if not the most in, um valuable asset of your business. So we want to make sure that as small business owners, we are protecting our intellectual property because it is that important. It is very essential to how you make money as a business owner. And so we need to protect it, right? Um, and so intellectual property, um, it is built up of four different categories or four different pillars that make IP. And so I'm sure we've heard of some of these terms such as copyright. We've heard of trademarks. Um, some of us may have heard of trade secrets. And the fourth one is patents. So those are the four different categories that make up intellectual property, right? And so we want to be aware of what these four pillars are on the most basic level um, so we at least have an idea of how to go about protecting it. Um, and so what you don't want to do is go around saying, I need a patent for my logo, right? <laughs> we want to understand these four pillars and what they actually protect, all right? And so I'll just start with copyright. So just as a high-level overview, I'm not going to go too deep into any of these because it is a lot of information to try to fit in in the next hour or so. Um, but copyright is essentially um, the protection that you would use for creative works of art, okay? So, for instance, if you have, let's say, say you're an artist, if you have um, some artwork or a sculpture that you made, that would fall under copyright protection because it is a creative work of art, right? Um, also, that would include things such as books. It would include your content that's on your website. It's going to also include things such as your presentations, right? These are creative works of art that would fall under copyright protection. And so I, I just want you all to be aware of what these four pillars are meant to protect, okay? But with copyright, um, it's very important that you keep in mind that it doesn't protect ideas. It does not protect ideas. So if you have an idea and you want to protect it, you need to um, 
what we call fix it in a tangible medium, okay? So it needs to be something we can see, touch, or feel in order for it to be protected, okay? Um, and so that's very important. So none of these pillars will protect anything that is simply an idea. It has to be tangible in order for it to be protected. And so that's something that I oftentimes hear is how do I protect an idea, right? Well, it's, you know, um, you really can't protect an idea. It has to be something that we can see, touch, or feel. And so that's copyright, okay? It protects the original works of authorship. Um, the second one that many of us are familiar with is patents, okay? So we've heard of patents before, and patents protect inventions. They protect new and novel inventions. So you would have to create some type of machinery or some type of chemical uh, compound or composition in order for it to be protected. So, for example, um, let's see, the Super Soaker Water Gun by Lonnie Johnson, right? That is something that's an invention that is patent protected. Um, another one would be the ironing board. And these are inventions that were all um, derived from black um, inventors. And so the ironing board, right, that's an invention. So when we think about inventions, it's not a um, – name, right? A name is not an invention, so that would not fall under patent protection. Um, so just keep that in mind when we're when you hear these terms or you're throwing them out, you want to make sure that we're um, applying them to the right types of subject matter, okay? Um, so that's number two. Number three would be trade secrets. That's pillar number four. And just high-level overview, trade secrets, Every each and every one of us on this call has a trade secret, okay? We all have trade secrets, and it essentially is just it's a secret that you use in your business. It's not accessible to the public, and it um, garners your business economic value, okay? That's what a trade secret is. And in order to protect a trade secret, all you have to do is take reasonable measures to keep it a secret. So this is the only pillar of IP where you do not have to file anything with the government in order to actually secure your rights. Um, as long as you take reasonable, reasonable measures such as executing non-disclosure agreements, um, those are steps that you can take to ensure that your trade secret is kept a trade secret. And so, for example, your client list, um, your pricing methods, those are trade secrets. That's information that you use in your business that's not readily accessible to the public and that gains your business economic value. And that's just uh, those are just a couple examples. But another common one is the you know the Coca Cola recipe, right? They lock that recipe away in a vault in the Coca-Cola Museum down in Atlanta. So they have taken reasonable measures to protect that recipe. There's not any one person that knows the full recipe to Coca-Cola. You know, individual people know certain aspects of the recipe. And so those are, again, steps that that company has taken to ensure that their secret is kept a secret. Um 
And again, the example of the silk press technique, that's a trade secret, okay? That's a technique or a process that that beautician uses in her business that's not readily accessible to the public but gains her economic value. So um, this is, a, I think, a very interesting pillar, but um, unfortunately we don't talk about trade secrets as much as we actually should. Um, so I hope if you guys are jotting down notes that, you know, we have um, this one jotted down, trade secret. So that's number three. The fourth and final pillar of IP is trademarks, right? So trademarks, um, we see them all the time as we're um, out and about shopping, riding down the streets, on the Internet. Trademarks are everywhere. So trademarks are words, they're symbols, they're designs, they could be taglines or slogans, anything that is used to identify um, your source of goods from one party to those of another. And so, for example, when we see the Nike swoosh, right, we know without even seeing the word Nike that that swoosh symbol is associated with Nike. So we know exactly where those goods are coming from when we see that symbol. Um, and so that is the purpose or the function of a trademark. It identifies the source of your goods or services and so that people aren't confused when they're out in the marketplace um, thinking that they're, you know, buying your products, but they're actually buying from a competitor because you all have the same or similar name, right? And so that is the function of a trademark is to identify the source of your goods. And so those are the, the four pillars. That's a basic overview or highlight of what those four protect. And it's, um, it's beneficial to you as a business owner to at least have uh, a baseline understanding of what IP is, what um, makes up IP, and what those protections um, actually include. And so... Um, Trademark is definitely my area of expertise. It's the area that um, I find the most interesting. So I, I'll probably spend a little bit more time on trademark for a second, and then probably by the time I finish up, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, we're a little bit over time already. So. Oh, are yeah, we over but, time? Okay, well then yeah. I will stop right <laughs> but, here then, but I know and we can do questions. <laughs> Yeah, I know you had, you know, it's like you said, trademark is, is where your expertise and stuff is. So if you wanted to just uh, wrap it up right now and, and do some closing, you will get an opportunity to close a after everyone's questions as well. But if you want to just uh, tie it up at this point, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah, yep, absolutely. I will tie it up, and I would just say this, you all, that in order to truly secure your your brand identity, we all want to make sure that we have trademark protections for our business. And so um, you want to make sure that, you know, there's no other businesses that can come in and swoop up your, your logo and slap their name on it. You don't want that to happen. And that's the purpose of trademark. It gives you exclusive ownership over, over your brand. And so um, especially in this day and age of social media with ideas so easily be being exchanged with brand visibility becoming easier and easier. You want to make sure that 
um, you do have some type of legal recourse backing you or protecting you in the event that someone were to come out and use the same business name as you or the same logo as you. And so I'll just say that um, to make sure that your brand is truly secured, um, you have trademark. It's not a luxury or an afterthought. It's definitely something that is essential to all business owners. And so I will stop right there and give it back to you, Lady Takumi. Thank you so much, and um, we definitely appreciate you taking us right through the ropes of what we need to know to set our businesses up properly. And uh, when you were here last time, someone had mentioned as far as they, they had gotten caught in the situation, and I must say it happened to be even after I heard about that happening and just being caught up in the excitement in the moment that something had opened up with uh, with my company, and we had, we recently added a pet plan. And I ran out there, and I said, yeah, I looked online as far as, like you said, you know, the local things in regard to the state, and um, didn't see anything. Well, I saw something, but it was inactive from, like, 20 years ago or something like that. And then um, I went to the domain, and like you said, if it's available on GoDaddy, that domain, <laughs> or whichever type of <laughs> of webs of of uh, where you purchase your domain doesn't mean that it's available for you to use. So mm-hmm. I was available on GoDaddy. I ran out there and bought this website and um lo and behold, I mean I'm using it for it was just a month, but uh oh, I got a letter in the email. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I call I just called the lawyer like, uh hello. We looked it up, you know, we were like just treading through the water and just even thinking about, okay, do you need to make a move? What do you need to do? And next thing, boop Next day, got another letter. Uh-oh, we better cease and just give me that website back. <laughs> so I am in the middle of that right now, this minute, and I have, a, I have an email that I need to respond to in the next two days. So, um, yes, I didn't get it done yet, so worry. I was slammed, but I'm going to get it done today. I don't need okay. any other issues with these people. <laughs> no. Yeah, so... Thank you so much. I mean, you know, and these things, as I said, it happens to some people. And I heard of it with one of our family members from probably about eight, nine years ago. So some of you in Atlanta probably remember who I'm speaking of. But, you know, she had put everything into this brand and had a lot of, you know, the logos and labels on things. And, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I think it was, I don't know if it was three, four years down the road when she found out that she wasn't going to be able to use that name anymore and had to totally go back yeah. and rebrand and do a lot of, you know, backtracking. So it was not a pleasant situation. So we want to make sure that none of our family gets falls into that, uh, you know, steps into that ditch. But I had someone that had to leave, and they sent one question in regard to, um, she said, EIN, uh, and she wants to know about you personally responsible taxes, who's responsible, the business or the owner. Uh, I'm thinking we might need to just chat with her online because you're, you're getting the EIN for the business, right? And he's saying yeah. who's responsible, mm-hmm. business or owner. Okay. I'll get with her offline. All right, well, let's start our comments over with you, Billionaire Bailey. Yes, this is such great information because, like, I think everybody in my family has had a business, including myself, and I know they didn't know all of this information that one should have when you're setting up a business. So I guess what what if they don't know, they would go to a um, what a uh, 
advisor, business business counselor? Is that mm-hmm. they would have them contact someone who can help them set the business up properly and uh, protect themselves and their service or their products. But it's a fantastic to know all the things that we need to know to do to protect ourselves. Thank you so very, very much. We'll definitely uh, yeah, let people um, listen to this call because it's so much. You know, mo- most people figure all I have to do is just start, you know, get your client list and get going with a product <laughs> or a service. And, um, you know, you can name it whatever you want, but you, you do have to have searches and, and check to, so that you, you don't invade anyone else's um, domain and you protect yourself also. Thank you so very much. Very wonderful presentation. Thank you. Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. And before we go too far, in case someone has to leave, so why do you want to give the, your contact info? Yes, my contact info um, for anyone listening, you all can um, find me at S as in Sam, GarnerLaw.com, SGarnerLaw.com, and that's G-A-R-N-E-R, no D in there. So SGarnerLaw.com. Okay, great. Um, Over to you, Reverend Burnett. Good morning, Soroya. This is Reverend Burnett. Good God morning. Wanna, yeah, I want to first just thank you for how you helped me. Uh, I was one of those people who operated with a business name for many, many years, only to discover that within the last year, someone had trademarked the name, and you helped me to... Um, find out who and, and, and all of that. And it's really, I'm really grateful and appreciative. I hadn't taken, oh. it was more like a hobby, you know. Yeah. But I hadn't taken it seriously until recently when I decided mm-hmm. mm, I could turn this hobby into something profitable and, yeah. um, you know, started into that process. So you were very helpful to me. And this information that you've given me this morning is also very helpful I was in business many years ago and had a lot of these kinds of agreements. Uh, some of them, these agreements are more recent because the way society has changed such. We're such a litigious mm-hmm. society. We're suing yeah. each other for any and everything. So you've got to think of any and everything uh, surrounding, you know, what we're doing in business. And so I thank you for uh, what you've brought to us this morning to help shape the direction of how we're going to operate and how we're going to even think about what we're doing consciously and intentionally. So very good, very good presentation. Really appreciate it. I got clearer on some things and uh, see the direction that I need to take some action. So I thank you very much. Good yeah, deal. absolutely. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. Back to you, Lady Tycoon. Thank you. Over to you, Bunny Wealthy Stan. Wow, wow, wow. I've been saying that a lot lately. We've been having some awesome speakers yes, on here. Yes, you are. Uh, Mr. Roya. <laughs> Mr. Roya. Uh, 
I, I, you, you, you got more def- defensive moves than a kung fu master. <laughs> I love this stuff, and that—that's the purpose of of having uh, a very good attorney on your team. I've been hearing that. So, um, uh, we, we, you and I are going to have an operating an agreement and a contract agreement, and <laughs> and all of these because oh, yeah. I need you on my team. Now, this has been awesome. Um, I am, at least I think I am an entrepreneur and, mm-hmm. uh, have not done a lot of these things as, as carefully as I should have. So we will definitely be talking and also, uh, it, I'm actually in that place now to start taking, uh, my business, uh, launching it full time and taking it not to the next level, but, uh, to infinity and beyond as a good friend of mine used to say. So uh, mm-hmm. definitely these are things that we, we all on this call, well, most of us anyway, uh, need to know about because most of us are buddy, either entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs. And I just want to say thank you. You're very knowledgeable. And I thank you for being the superhero for uh, us widow people that's looking to grow big so that, we, so that you're helping us ensure that we can grow big in the best way possible. So thank you very much. Absolutely. And uh, we will be in touch. All right, sounds you, good. You Thank are, you so much. You are the bomb. My kids say that. I think it means something good. <laughs> yes, definitely good. Lady Tycoon, the, the dot com just escapes me. I'm, I'm, I'm not that technically advanced. <laughs> Even though you're in IT, right? Okay. <laughs> in that song. <laughs> Well, I, I, I want you all to know that I, w- I was truly amazed when I when I met Savoya just um, as being, I believe, one of the youngest people on the, on stage at the Power Networking Conference, and she knocked it out the park. I mean, you know, it's just utter amazement, something that I don't think has been discussed there before or definitely not to the level of what, what she did. But uh, she was truly amazing and really knocked the socks off of everyone that was in the audience. So we're just so thankful that we had the opportunity to meet her and her fabulous mother. We ain't even going to go there yet. I'm see if she's going to talk to us today. <laughs> Over to you, Venus Showgirl. Grand Rising. Oh, uh, the, the only thing that I can think of is wow. And um, I like acronyms, so that stands for Walk on Water. So it is definitely high praise for you and your efforts for our community. Thank you so much. Oh, that's so kind um, of you. Thank you. <laughs> oh, oh, you're welcome. You're very welcome. Um, I have written down practically every word that you said. Because <laughs> 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 I, I so need to remind myself. Um, what's happened since the last time you, you were here um I had worked for like five or eight years building a name uh, that I had. I had the URL, but I didn't sufficiently protect it. And mm-hmm. eventually um, I lost track of it, and the, um, and the hosting company sold my URL to somebody else. <laughs> and so um, yeah. I, yeah, I did... Uh, recover and rebrand and it turned out to be a lot better for SEO and that kind of thing. Uh, I just kind of was attached to that name because I 
it, if you typed it into Google, it actually came up first. So I thought that was a great, unique thing. Um, uh, but now uh, I'm wondering, should I retain uh, some of the other permutations, like not just the .com, uh, because the .com is what got away from me, uh, should I go back and get the infos or the the dot .govs, not the dot .govs necessarily, but, um, you know, some of yes, those other. Yes, to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would definitely recommend grabbing the dot .infos, dot .orgs, whatever it may be, um, so that, you know, you have those under your yeah. belt. No one can come in and grab it. So, yeah, I would definitely recommend doing that. Okay. And, it, and then is it okay for me to redirect? to my new yes. uh, incarnation? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, good. That's what yeah. I wanted to know. Oh, can, can we call and get a consultation with you? Yes, you can um, definitely do that. So, again, if you want to go on to the website that I mentioned earlier, all that information is there. Um, again, it's S as in Sam, GarnerLaw.com, SGarnerLaw.com. Thank you so much. I'm complete. All right. Wonderful. I look to speak to you soon, then. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Cloud Dancer Jabari is here. I don't believe so. And DB King David, I think I saw him earlier, but he's, he have to go as well. Dan, do you see him? Uh, yeah, I think he may have left. Okay, he'll probably be back. Okay, well, for any new callers in the line, by pressing star six, we'd like to welcome you. Just return the love, energy, and vibration that we share here each day. If you don't have an opportunity to do that this morning, we invite you to come back again. We are here Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. definitely like to hear from you. If not today, then do come back another day soon. Let's remember all ages are welcome on our broadcast, so take the opportunity to invite someone to join us, whether live or on the replay at 712 712- Four three two one zero eight five same ten nine one five three five eight pound. When you invite people to the broadcast, make sure you alert them if they have Metro PCS or T-Mobile. Some of the cell phone providers have blocks in regard to conference calling. The bridge line they can dial through is two zero six four five one six zero four three. Once you dial that number, you do need to enter the conference call number and the pound sign behind it, then the pin number and the pound sign a second time. The option to that is with a Google Voice number you can dial directly through and have a bonus to have a second phone line for your business or your personal life. But we definitely appreciate each and every one of you. And if you are a new caller and do not have a comment or a question, we would still appreciate you unmuting a line, giving us your name, your city, who invited you, so we can give you a warm welcome and return to love. If you listen to our replay and would like to join us live, that number is 667-770-1523. And the pin number nine one five three five eight pound. In addition to live and replay, we also have a podcast available twenty four seven at billionairemastermindforum.org. And again, that's dot org, not dot com. Um, with that, we've reached several countries so far, but we can reach even more with your help. So please text out um, our site to five people today, billionairemastermindforum.org. But anyway, we're about to start Q and A. With that, star six will open your mic. The one key will put you in the queue. The two key will remove you from the queue. Since we're already a little bit over time, family, please limit that to two minutes and 
don't ask questions about your your specific business uh, stuff. You can go to her website, make an appointment. That was basically an introduction to how we need to be running our business. So if you have some general questions rather than specific to your particular business, but let's go, 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 star six and the one key, family, star six and the one key, and just make mention on the announcement that when you go to the podcast page, you do just see five episodes at first, but if you click on the all podcasts at the top of the page, you'll actually see um, the list of podcasts. And actually, Savoya is one of the major ones that we have had that has a podcast linked to her last time she was here. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Let's go, go, go. Okay. Once again, star six and the one key will get you in the queue. Okay, and we have up next. Wow, good to have you. Let us hear it. Yes, wow, family. This wow. is the divine time. <laughs> Avery Alexander, uh, or to say a grand rising teller being their mastermind family. Ms. Garner, it was such a pleasure meeting you at the PNC conference, and we also had a conversation about trademarks and the importance of trademarking. And I just wanted to say thank you for your wonderful, wonderful presentation. And I'll definitely be looking forward to following up with you on our um, previous conversations. Also, I just want to say that, you know, we know that the devil is in the details. So it's like when you don't have the details lined up and in alignment, we are like sitting ducks opening ourselves up for, uh, as you say, our demise. So I thank you for bringing this information to us in the Billionaire Mastermind family. And I look forward to speaking to you again soon. And I'm sending you a warm, (laughs) (laughs) Great to hear from you, Miss Avery. Thank you so much for your comments. And I definitely uh, will look to follow up with you so we can continue that conversation. So thank you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so long. Avery, you want to explain the Waha in case someone listens to the website to the replay and saying, "What are they talking about?" Yes, oh, wellness and health always. It's an acronym, Waha, W-A-H-A, and so it is like a a, a pattern interrupter. As you have, if you have any type of negative thoughts and not feeling like yourself, just say a warm Waha to yourself and want to bring a smile to your face. <laughs> Try it; you'll feel better. Yes, yes, yes. And actually, uh-huh. uh, was it Reverend Burnett yesterday that when you gave a, another acronym so you have a double meaning? Was it uh, Reverend Burnett? Was wealth and you? happiness. Yes, wealth Check and that happiness out. always. <laughs> yes, wealth Avery. and happiness always. Yes, I even made yes, it yes. stand for wealth and health always. Put them acronyms <laughs> in it's going to uplift your energy and your spirit. <laughs> yeah. Love All it. right. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Yes. Okay, family, get in the queue. Star six in the one key. Star six in the one key. Go, go, go. Okay, all the way from the Windy City. Sister Cherie, go, go, go. Uh, good morning, and I'd like to say to uh, Soroya, thank you so much for just pressing uh, the importance of the details to starting a business. Um, and you were so succinct with every description. It was uh, just uh, marvelous, marvelous information uh, for people starting. Uh, I started a business some time ago, but this is, uh, I didn't have all these details. So 
uh, I just want to thank you for uh, letting us all know uh, how to begin properly. It, it's very much appreciated. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for that feedback. Okay, we have another person in the queue. I don't know if this person is going to have a lot of good things to say, Soraya, so you better brace yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Mom. (laughs) Hello and good morning. Good God morning, Lady Tycoon and the whole team. Every time I I hear her, I'm just sitting here taking notes, too. So I've got a book myself, so (laughs) don't feel bad about that. It is truly an honor to... uh, to uh, have a daughter that is uh, so on fire. I always say that, you know, Jesus had 12 disciples. How many do you have on your team? Who's on your posse? Who's on your team? Uh, Truly, you need to understand the information that she just kind of dropped on you and to know that when you're building a team, it's not necessarily your family. Most times, it's not. And I talk about that a lot, too. Soroya told you about... uh, you know, when when we uh, went on trips. In other words, I started my business off with doing underground railroad trips. And who knew that she was back there taking notes on every city that we went to that it inspired her to go higher. And it just does my heart so well because it, it truly was. I, I'm just doing my job and taking the kids along. You're going to work with mom today. And it truly inspired her to hear the history, to hear how we as uh African-Americans, we're not able to brand, to own the things that we created and to see that and to hear the stories and to know the shoulders upon who we stand on. And that's what she's delivering, to take that knowledge, apply it so that you can um, walk in, in success. If you look up the meaning of success, it's all about that. Are we living to the capacity that we were born to do. Okay. So I am so uh, proud of you, Sorori. You know that 100% uh, got your back on all that you do, and I'm just really excited for Lady Tycoon shining the light on you and giving you the platform to um, walk your gifts. So I yield the mic. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Mom. (laughs) Hey, I got more lights. I'm waiting to shine it on you because you are truly amazing and all by yourself. Yes, I know yes. before you didn't want to take any light from her, but hey, you you we both stand brightly, brightly in in our presence. Yes. So I love to have you back too. Yes, uh, lady, lady Tycoon, you're trying to tell me you don't already have her booked as a. Speaker? You know, I try, I was I had, I I had a scheduled date, but she was she was backing off for a minute, so. I don't know if you're ready yet. All right, so listen, mom, 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 mom. We're, we're, I'm, I'm the strong, I'm the strong arm here. You're going to be on our call. <laughs> bless you, bless you, bless you. I, I tell you, I have a, a boutique, and I'll just tell you, the power of no is is a uh, sentence all by itself. I have to manage my wait list and and knowing uh, who you go out to. So I I have not forgotten you, and we can have a conversation. So I do appreciate the light. Okay. All right. Thank, yeah, and thank yeah. you so very much for thank this you. wonderful powerhouse. That's thing. That has spoken to us today. Oh, and although your name is similar, can you can you uh, state your name for our family? Because I don't think you mentioned that when you came. No problem. My name is Soroya, 
S O R A Y A Van Horn. So the lawyer's named after the girls normally are not juniors, but um, mine's the lawyer S O R A Y A pronounced the same. That was so Thank interesting you. to me, but beautiful, beautiful. And they look like sisters together. They're so, you know, she's our mother. So beautiful. Both of you guys. Power team. Yes, yes, yes. Thank yes, you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, so who do we have up next? All the way from the Windy City. And I'm not surprised. The Windy City is in the house. Go, you go, know, go. they're leading the, the charge with the invitations and everything. Y'all Chicagoans, we love you, love you. The rest of the states, we need to pick it up and take the charge after them. Yes, indeed. Go, 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 billionaire Linda. Go, go, go. Thank you so much. Powerful, amazing, fantastic, phenomenal, like a genius. You are such a blessing. How old are you? I am 29. <laughs> go, go, go. I'm a great, I'm a grandmother five times, a great grandmother seven times. Thank you so oh much that heart. you're like my mentor. You're like my teacher. They say when the student is ready, the teachers appear. There you go. Amen. I have signed up before. But I missed my call. This is Billionaire Linda in Chicago. I thank you so much for all this great, fantastic information. I will be getting in touch with you. There's so much things that we did not know. I do have an LLC. I paid dearly for it, though. I paid a lot of money for my LLC. But I'm not complaining, so I will be calling you. Thank you so much. I have to share this information with my granddaughters, they have LLCs. And I want to do an LLC for my family, for legacy. I learned that from our, our other speaker, uh, Felicia Jolie. I want to do mm-hmm. some things like that for my family legacy. So I will be getting in touch with you, with your powerful, wonderful, amazing, fantastic self. And you are beautiful. <laughs> I saw your picture. I looked for you online. Thank you oh. so much. <laughs> That's you, and your mother is fabulous. I know she's amazing because the apple don't fall far from the tree. If it was not her, there would not be a you. So I thank uh-huh. God for her and all that she is and all that she does with her phenomenal, powerful, amazing, fantastic self. This is that Linda, and you, you know what you did today, sweetheart? God bless you. Lawyer, powerful lawyer, you made me happy, happy, happy. Waha, waha, waha. Go, go, go. You will be hearing from me. You will hear from Millionaire Linda. Thank you so much. God bless you. All right. Millionaire Linda, thank you so much. We definitely have to reconnect. So I look to see you on my calendar here soon. But thank you so much for those comments. Truly appreciate it. Okay. Q&A going once. Q&A going twice. You got about three seconds to do. Oh, there's my last minute caller. Alrighty, you are unmuted. Prosperity and love. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Loud and clear. Thank you very much. I'd like to thank you so much for your presentation today. And one of the questions I had was uh, in regards to trademarks. But um, and I think what I probably would be best if I connect with you and um, 
so that way I can ask you specifically and you would have time to clarify some things. But one of the questions I have is when people come together and you're, you start your business and then you have people that want to help you and you start to brainstorm and you get some ideas and let's just say you're work, they're working with you and everything seems to be fine, but then when they want to depart, uh, is there anything that ties them for um, some of their ideas that you're incorporating, but then can they take those ideas with them or do you have to compensate with that, uh, pay them off or something? Or is there any information that you would like to, you know, elaborate on that? Like how would you protect that? Let's just say somebody came in and they had a real good idea, you were rolling with it, it was working, but then, you know, they decided that they want to do something else, but then they want to be compensated for that or they don't want you to use that their ideas anymore. Do you have any suggestions on that? So generally speaking, and again, we may have to have a conversation offline just to get into the weeds of it a little bit more, but generally speaking, it boils down to what I was talking about. We need to have contracts in place. So don't shy away from contracts. They are absolutely essential to protect your interests, to protect the interests of those that you are working with. And so I don't know the relationship between you all, if it was an official partnership, if you all were officially in business together, I'm not sure but um, that would kind of help me to determine what kind of contract needs to be in place or should have been in place, and we can talk about a little bit more of, um, again, what that relationship was between the two of you all because that is going to determine, um, you know, who has the actual ownership of the IP contributions that were made. So definitely I would invite you to, again, go to the site, sgarnerlaw.com, to book a consultation and so that we can um, discuss your situation a little bit more in detail. But, um, again, just another opportunity to reiterate the importance of having contracts. So, um, mm, okay, because I, I was just thinking if. Mm, go, ahead. go ahead. No, I was just thinking if somebody casually mentioned it and then that you know, everybody went with it and then that person says, well, gee, you know, I contributed to that. And so, but there was nothing in place and it was just something that you just, it was a good idea that came to the table and everybody used it or you used it. And I'm just saying that um, legally, I guess maybe you're right, we better just, at another time go over that. But you do think that it should be addressed, though, right? That is something. Well, you know what? If it was just a casual conversation and you guys were just throwing out ideas, you gave those ideas to one another. I mean, if you had those conversations without any non-disclosure, non-competes in place, then you all were simply giving ideas to one another. So at that point, it's free game. Um, and so that's why we have to be careful about what kind of conversations that we have, when we're having them, and who we're having them with. So um, if it was truly just casual conversation, then, like I said, you, you kind of gave that idea away. So um, Wow. Okay. Well, I will get in, uh, in touch with you, and thank you so much for your time. And it was really nice hearing your history. I applaud you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, definitely look forward to speaking with you further. Thank you.
Okay, let's see. We have someone else in the queue. Victorious Victoria, all the way from the Windy City. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, good morning, family. Um, so glad to be here. Soroya, you have got my hair going many different places, so I'm going to make this question as simple as possible. Um <laughs> <laughs> if there are multi levels to your business, do you have to um trademark and incorporate each level name? If you don't want someone taking it, yes. You need to okay. tra- trademark anything that you're using in your business that you would not want someone else using. Okay. And if you had more than one type of business under the same umbrella, same thing? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Right. That's what I needed. Thank you. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Mm. Wow. Yeah, you might want to book an appointment there, Victoria. Good to hear you. Thank you. Better safe than sorry. They say, you know, uh, with many advisors, we succeed. So let's make sure that we get the proper advice from the right folks, not from the person under the tree or the guy in the restaurant. So. <laughs> Thank you. Anybody else? Okay. Q&A, Star 6 yes. and 1, people, okay. All right, Soraya, just want you to know, with this next person making a comment, you must have been mm-hmm. some kind of good, because this person does not speak up before the Uh-oh. end of the call. So, yes, <laughs> rejoicing yeah, in we, abundance. We need to stop, but I would be the <laughs> voyeur. This is Ezlyn Hinman, and I just want to publicly apologize to you for life getting in the way. And I'm still working on a date so that we can get together, really get together and talk about my LLC and what I need to do with it uh, as far as protecting it and that sort of thing because I, I haven't been using it. But I am working on a date. Uh, and I will be back in touch with you, and I can thank you for continuing to reach out to me. <laughs> and yes. I, just, I just wanted to publicly apologize to you. <laughs> no need to do that. No oh, okay. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, thank you. And definitely, please, 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 get back on my calendar so we can, um, so we can talk. Yeah. Okay, we'll do. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Okay, Q&A going once, Q&A going twice, and back to you, Lady Tycoon. All right. Well, any closing remarks from you, Story? Well, you know what? I would be remiss if I did not also thank Linda Clemens. So um, it was because of her that I was invited to PNC and was able to meet Lady Tycoon and Miss Avery and so many others at PNC. So definitely, in addition to my mother, um, much appreciation and gratefulness to none other than Miss Linda Clemens. So um, if you're listening to this at some point, Auntie Linda, thank you so much. Um, But again... I just wanted to end with that and 
just stress the importance of doing things the right way, not taking shortcuts, because when we take shortcuts, we end up getting cut short. So let's do it properly, be proactive, protect our business, protect our brand, and ultimately protect our legacy. So thank you so much for having me back on the Billionaire Mastermind Forum. Yes, 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 and it's not the last time, so we definitely appreciate you coming back again and and even coming back as a listener as well as as a participant because, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone adds so much to what we do here each day, and so we have great um, uh, things that are coming, and join us tomorrow if you're you're available as well. I love that. Uh, If you take short, cut yourself short if you take the shortcut, so how right that is. And, uh, yes, a shout-out to our queen quarterback, Linda Clemens. We know that First of all, Linda does not is not going to recommend folks if they are not standing on their own and doing something majorly powerful. So we know that you know you are already doing something, and she just highlighted and and uh, thankfully that she did have you know that all of us at PMC were needed to hear your message. So we're thankful that you continue to expand to bring it here for us for those that were not at PMC. So thank you again, and we definitely look forward to you coming back. Absolutely, thank you. All right. Well, family, time to go on to our JOTD, our joke of the day. Billion dollar done. Come on down. Hello. Are we waiting for someone to speak up? Okay. Am I muted? Uh, Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, man, man, my phone's acting funny. Everything's acting funny. What a rough night. You know what? And this joke is damn near 5,000 years in the making. And that's when Moses said to the children of Israel 5,000 years ago, pick up your shovel, mount your asses and camels, and I will lead you to the promised land. Yeah, Moses. Then about 75 years ago, Roosevelt said, lay down your shovels, sit on your asses, and light up a camel. This is the promised land. And then what happens? They get Trump. So Trump stole the shovel, taxed our asses, raised the price of the camels, and mortgaged the promised land. People, I was to the point where I was suicidal. Seriously, I was depressed. <sighs> I mean, just thinking about health care plans, the economy, wars, lost jobs, saving social security, retirement funds, everything. So... In my state of depression, I call Lifeline. You know, the suicide helpline? Got a freaking call sent in Pakistan. I told them I was suicidal. Oh, wow, they got all excited and asked me if I could drive a truck. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to, I have to, I have to make a disclaimer for anybody that's Pakistani or anything like that. Uh, we did not endorse this joke, but it sure was funny. <laughs> Thank you for the disclaimer. We don't want to offend anyone listening to the broadcast, and we are reaching out to countries now. Thank you, thank you, thank you, billion dollars, Tom. I was going to patent that. I was going to patent that. Keep on trucking. Somebody got it already. <laughs> He was even listening to the call. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Well, family. 
Time for the closes of Billionaire Showgirl and Rejoicing in Abundance. Oh, Savoya Ghana. Oh, my goodness. You have given us something to consider for sure. Uh, As always, you've been power-packed and uh, information-rich, and you have just made this an awesome, awesome broadcast. Thank you so much. Bless you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Most welcome. Eslyn, what would you say about this? This is Eslyn, rejoicing in abundance. And I just want to thank you, Soroya, for your for your presentation. And I love your voice. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> but I also have something to say about the Billionaire Mastermind Forum Broadcast Family. Ooh, we are like a box of chocolate. You never, ever know what you are going to get. But you always, I mean always, know that it's going to be good. <laughs> 